Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you, John and Tina O, for making it rain, for making it happen. That's beautiful. Thank you.
guys, there are seats right here, like a whole half a row of seats um, if you're looking for a place to be and not be hot. My name is Jackie Lewis. Welcome to Middle Church. I'm glad you're here. Happy Martin Luther King Day, everybody. I'd like to invite us into a time of prayer just to set our hearts on the way toward worship. Will you please pray with me? No, it's okay. Come on, sit down and then we'll pray. Hi. (laughs) Everybody take a deep breath. Let's say a prayer together. Holy, unbelievably gracious and loving God. We call this a welcome, a a time of invocation, but we know that before we invoke you, you are already here. You let us hear from subways and cars and on our feet on the sidewalks. You met the choirs here and the speakers here and the greeters and ushers here when they were rehearsing and preparing for this time. You were here when we woke up this morning as we took a breath. We were breathing with you. So in this time, as we seek to be a living sacrifice, to set our faces toward your reign and our bodies toward making the world look like heaven. Bless us, hold us, inspire us. Give us what we need from you and one another to sustain us on this journey. And we will be sure to give you praise. Amen. Amen. At this time, we have a ritual for our new members to join. So if you have not joined, if you did join, but nobody ever like said, hey, whoop, if you're thinking about joining, we have a moment in time right now scheduled for you to connect up here. Ah, people are coming. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. I just saw Darren, Darren, my love, my precious, my cheer. Will you come and help us? Thank you. I got one. Here you are. Hi. We are so delighted to have you all officially join us today on this King Sunday. Yay! Membership, yes, clouds. Membership means signing on to the vision of God's reign. Membership means participating in the life of the congregation. Membership means proclaiming that you belong to God and that you will use your gifts for God's good work. Membership means claiming God's claim on you. Just as you are, as you came through the door, we welcome you. Today, we welcome you to this place, to the membership in this community. Um, And we would like to ask you a couple of questions. Friends, do you claim Middle Church as your church? If so, say, I do. I just, there was some Beyonce in my brain right there. Um, will, will you give with your heart your gifts to this congregation and to the larger church? If so, say, I will. Will you learn and study so as to grow in faith? If so, say, I will. 
and to this congregation, do you promise to love, encourage, and support our new members by being the gospel of God's love in prayer and in deed? If so, say, we will. Will you all just briefly tell us your names and maybe one thing about you that you'd like us all to know? Um, my name is Clint. Um, I've been coming here for 15 years, but I put a ring on it today. So. <laughs> my name is Joy, and I, I've also been coming here for about five years, and I'm so glad to be an official part of it. Hi, church. Many of you already know me. I'm Monique Fortune. I am an intern here. And so urgency is the word of the day. So let's move forward. God bless. Let's pray together and thank God. God of grace and mercy, thank you for the gifts of these new members. Thank you, God, that we are all your children. Thank you for who we will become different because of these people now officially with us in community. Make us more like you in all we say and do, and help us to be your hands and feet in this world. We pray in your many holy names. Amen. Amen. And so now if you'll join us in singing the welcome song to these friends, you can sit and sing if you like, but do sing. Uh, It's in the bulletin, printed. And this is the Burgess version of Welcome. And since you're in a singing mood, let's stand and sing our opening hymn, Amazing Grace.
Good morning, Middle. At this time, I would like to invite the young and the young at heart to come up here for the message for all ages. Come on up, friends. We've got this lovely blanket on the pulpit. We can all take a seat right here. Yay. <laughs> here we go. Oh. All right. Let's make room for everybody as we come on up. So many of us today. It's exciting. Yes, hello, everybody. Okay, friends, I am so, so excited because today is a very special day at Middle. We are celebrating someone special. Anyone know who we're celebrating? I'll take you. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's right. That's right. Does anybody know who Martin Luther King Jr. was? He was a peace skinner and he was a he protest. That's right. That's right. He was a peace giver and a protester. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was a pastor. He was an activist and he was a peacemaker who led our country in peaceful protest against unfair things that were happening to African Americans. Dr. King had a dream. He believed, he wished that one day we would all be able to live together in peace and harmony with respect and love for one another. He also believed that darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Ooh, that's right. It's pretty exciting. <laughs> so not only did he have a dream, he showed us ways that we could make that dream a reality by loving one another, just like Elise talked to us about a few weeks ago. So guess what? We have a couple posters here. We have one that says, I dream of oh, love, you said. Amazing. What are some things that we dream about that we could make the world a better place by doing? Justice. Justice, yes. Justice, yes. Anybody else have something else? Um, Anti-racism and feminism. You guys, anti-racism and feminism. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that is massive, yes. All right, all right, we're starting off strong. What else? Resources for those who don't have enough. Resources for those who do not have enough. You guys are bringing it. Anybody else have something else that would make the world a better place? These are great. Okay, all right. We're going to move to another poster that we have, and it says, I pledge to. And I'm hoping that you all have some ideas of things that we can pledge to do to bring about these dreams. So what are ways, things that we can do to make the world a loving, better, more peaceful place? Any ideas? Um, we can make things more fair for others. We can make things more fair for others. Beautiful, yes? We can speak up. We can speak up. We can use our voices. Yes, yes. Use love for our family. Very important, we can use love for our families. Help our environment. Wow, we can help our environment. That's a big one. We can have marches. What is that? We can have marches. Marches? We can have marches, like the women's march yesterday, yes. 
Um, you can make sure that the adults vote. Adults! We can make sure that the adults vote. Yes, we can. What else? We, we can be a neighborhood. Is that it? Build a neighborhood? We can build a neighborhood. So important. I love these ideas. All right. Now, let's see what happens when we put these two things together. We have almost a circle here of things we dream of and things that we pledge, but adults, big people, we have a part that's missing right here. So after worship, in the social hall, there's going to be the last bit of this circle. And here's what we are hoping, that you can contribute to this circle by writing down your prayers and hopes for the future for this next generation. All right? That's what we are hoping from you. All right, everybody, let's stand up right now and let's say a prayer together. You can hold hands or elbows. <laughs> All right, dear God, dear God, thank you, thank you for the legacy, for the legacy of, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Please help us, Please help us to, use our gifts and talents to use our gifts and talents to make peace and justice, make peace and justice a reality for all. A reality for all. Amen. Let's see a Hamba back to our seats. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you. Welcome to Middle Church. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Jackie Lewis. And on behalf of our whole family, we just want to say we see you. We're glad you're here. We're glad you came. We really appreciate it. Um, how many of you are here for the very, very first time? Raise your hand. Wow. Could you keep your hands up? Awesome. Can you just keep your hands up because the ushers are going to bring you something, but shout out where you're from. Just shout it out. Go. Where are you from? Puerto Rico. Bless your heart. Where are you from? Queens. Where are you from, my love? Where are you from? Uptown. Uptown, girl. Okay. Where are you from? Where? Tennessee? D.C. Welcome. Okay. Sorry. Welcome. So glad you're here. Where are you from? San Francisco. Yay. Where are you from? Oh, my goodness. You've come a long way, baby. Okay. Where, where, where are you from? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. We're so glad you're here. Where are you from? Yay! How are you from, my love? East Village. Okay. Good. Where are you from? East Village. East Village. Hi. I know you. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is staying with me when you leave. Um, welcome. We're glad you're here. Yes, where are you from? Mexico City. Mexico City. Welcome. Where are you from? Bayside, excellent. Uh, uh, Palm Bay. Palm? Palm Bay. Palm Bay, welcome. Yes. Where? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, the host. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Well, thank you. Where are you from? 
Maryland, excellent. Did I miss anybody? Where are you from? Where are you from? Say it. Where? DC. Okay, very good. Where are you from? Florida. I know you. I know where you're from. <laughs> Balcony, where are you from? Yay! New York, New Jersey. Long Island in the house. Excellent. I love when we do that. That's five minutes of look how big our neighborhood is. I'm so excited. Welcome. The, the Eshers gave you a card. It's in many languages now, thanks to our Ellen Matlick. We'd love if you would fill the card out and put it in the offering bag. It does not commit you to anything. It just adds you to our distribution list. And then you can see what's happening and plug in. This March, that talk, that program, this class. We'd love to have you connect to us. So if you'll do that, that'd be great. Speaking of programs and speaking of classes, today is Martin Luther King celebration at Middle Church, which means you know there's some soul food. Yeah, back there, right here through this door after worship. <coughs> and a fantastic, amazing town hall style teach-in with Ruby Nelsels, who is here. We prayed for you. They came all the way up from D.C., through the snow, over the river, and through the woods, and they're here safely this morning, Cheryl and Ruby. So stick around for that. Eat, talk, come back, and be in that conversation. <coughs> Puerto Rico is on our minds, on our hearts. Our deacon, Edna Baditas, is already there doing some work on, um, for seniors to uh, help them with PTSD. We have made a $3,000 contribution to the collegiate-wide program, which is to send therapists, helpers who speak Spanish to Puerto Rico. So if that's you, if you're one of those people, you can let us know at middleinfo at middlechurch.org, middleinfo at middlechurch.org, or see me or Amanda and let us know. We'd love to have you go, and we're going to raise more money to send more people. So Laura, I see you thinking about it, and the answer is yes. Your Spanish does not have to be fabulous. Mine's not good enough, but I but know people I think, it, I think it's good enough. Anyway, <laughs> so we're excited about that. Um, next week, in between worship celebrations, we're going to have a census information gathering. Some of us, heck, almost all of us are underemployed in New York, right? But there are jobs to be had to help do the census. So my, my people who are waiting tables to make ends meet, maybe you want to do the census work, and it should be awesome. Come in the middle of the two worships next week and learn how to do it. Um, we are having an anti-racist book class. You see here, pick up your book today or decide to buy one and join it. Cool? Thanks to all the people who stood in the cold yesterday for Women's March. Especially Amanda, who spoke at it. And friends, there are lots of wonderful things happening here um, to try to help us to deepen our relationship with the holy and with each other, but also to equip us to go in the world. And I just want to thank all of my volunteers who make it happen, and also to invite you to fully plug into it in ways that you can, okay? With that in mind, Amanda's going to lead us in a time of prayer. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, my love. We've worshiped so beautifully together already this morning.
And now we are going to move into a time of prayer and reflection. And Samantha is going to lead us in a prayer through song. So let's pray together.
Amen. Remain standing if you're already standing, and we're going to continue in that joyful spirit of prayer, and we're going to pray together now the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. There is an inclusive version printed in your bulletin, but please pray in whatever language and whatever version you are comfortable with. Let's pray together now. Ever-loving and holy God, how This is a beautiful, full family to look out on. Use this time now to get to know someone that you haven't met before and pass the love and the peace of God as you do. May the peace of God be with you.
Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> Today's scripture lesson is read by us of God's people, and it's found in Isaiah 58. We're hearing Eugene Peterson's translation in the message. Hear a word from the Lord. Shout! A full-throated shout. Yes. yes. Hold nothing back. Mm. Come on. A trumpet blast shouts. <laughs> Tell my people what's wrong with their lives. Face my family, Jacob, with their sins. They're busy, busy, busy at worship and love studying all about me. To all appearances, they're a nation of right-living people, law-abiding, God-honoring. They ask me, what's the right thing to do, and love having me on their side. But they also complain. Why do we fast and you don't look our way? Why do we humble ourselves and you don't even notice? Well, here's why. <laughs> the bottom line on your fast days is profit. You drive your employees much too hard. You fast, but at the same time, you bicker and fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Mm. Do you think this kind of fast day I'm after? A day to show off humility? To put on a pious long face and a parade around and solemnly in black. Do you call that fasting? A fast day that I, God, would like? This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice, get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. Yes. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. Luego, cuando ores, Dios responderá. Pedirás ayuda y te diré que aquí estoy. If you get rid of unfair practices, Quit blaming victims. Quit gossiping about other people's sins. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places, firm muscles, <laughs> strong bones, You'll be like a well-watered garden, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build anew and rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything, restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate, make the community livable again. If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, 
Then you'll be free to enjoy God. Oh, I'll make you ride high and soar above it all. I'll make you feast on the inheritance of your ancestor Jacob. Yes, God says so. This is the still-speaking word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for taking my little prayer and turning it into something beautiful. Thank you so much. Gosh, you guys, wasn't this music off the chain or what? Thank you, choirs. Thank you so much. Um, you've, you've said a prayer. Will you pray another? Pray with me, please. Holy One, may the words of my mouth May the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So John and I have a crazy ritual. Every King Day through the end of February, we steep ourselves in all things black history, King, every movie, every Taylor Branch book, every Eyes on the Prize, every, everything we can put our hands on. Some of you all are giggling. You do that too? Uh, it is discombobulating in a way, right? I mean, I just, you just feel sorrowful. You just feel like you're not quite yourself, which is why my pages are you know, kind of out of order right now. I'm just a tad discombobulated with my pages out of order. But there's putting yourself back in the, in the stories that we all know. We know these stories. 
but to watch an enactment like Harriet or to be reminded of the 50 years between King and Obama or the starkness of the events that surrounded the passing of the Voting Rights Bill, which Selma kind of told, but not fully told. But the, the, the power of innocent people gathering together on a bridge to march, being met with the countervailing force, the violent, dark, evil voice of, of Governor Wallace saying no to that, and that clash of good and evil that happens on the bridge, the pounding of human bodies with batons, the breaking of skull, the crushing of limb. I mean, it's heartbreaking. And I think we watch so we don't forget. You know, we can get into conversations that feel like we're post-racial or can feel like those are faraway times. It's not that far away. We still got people marching with tiki torches telling all the Jews to go home or not take the land. You still got black folks shot in the back, shot in the arm, killed in the cars, choked on the streets. We still have incarceration rates for black men that are higher than were enslaved rates in 1860. We have not overcome. And in these moments where we want to kind of lull ourselves into it's so much better, we don't have to be upset anymore, or, I'm sorry, but multiracial politic, like this is not Jeremiah Wright's church, where he might say, you know, some really tough stuff. In this multiracial, multicultural, multiethnic place, where we want to do love for and with each other, where we are called to be in a community of reconciliation, sometimes it's hard to even just know how to express your sorrow. Am I singing your song? Anybody? Like, we have done so much on this. But not so much. Not so much. I mean, we still have a huge population of African-American people who live in poverty. We still have a huge population of African-American people who are targeted by broken window policing, and by their jobs and by their employers. We still have a giant rising mass of anti-Semitism and anti-Islamophobia. We still have women's rights not honored. I mean, it is not as though we have done the thing. Well, we've reconciled ourselves one to the other. And these inter-humanic fights are not new. They're as old as time. What I mean by that is, on my continent, in Africa, I'm not proud to say, but there can be ethnic clashes between people who look just alike, but who come from different tribes. That's what, that's what the genocides in Rwanda have been about. On your continent, European friends, Irish Catholics going to fight with Irish Protestants because what? They have a different feeling about the Pope. And if you go back further than that to the text that we're talking about today, ancient Israel, if you will, where 10 tribes decide to make, make a stand here and two more decide to break away, right there in that place where all of the people are Semites and all the people look alike, they're going to fight about who's their father and what land is theirs. 
fighting, warring, battling for something like territory and belonging and space in the name of God. In the name of the God that they create. In the name of the God created to be on their side, to be in their pocket. The God who is their projections. Are you with me? Like, I get to create a God that is good like me, kind like me, lovely like me, but I also get to create a God who is all of the things that I believe the God should hold. I, I, God is an enemy of my enemies. God is going to slay the ones who don't look like me. God told me to take the land because I was promised it and to kill the people in it. And then that chosenness narrative, right, which, which is problematic and humanly shaped, hello, that, that problematic narrative gets hijacked then by Europeans who decide they're the new chosen ones, and then they get to get on boats and go across the land and take the land from the indigenous people, and here we go. Suddenly land exchanged for 27 trinkets. A whole couple of people, you know, in, just killed and marched off in the trail of tears. And then, because we're chosen, because we've hijacked the problematic narrative, we get to take black bodies off the soul of Africa and bring them here to build the land, the stolen land. Do you see how screwed up that is? All in the name of God. All in the name of our worst projections, our worst fears, that we, my therapist friends, <laughs> project out onto this holy other and pray to that holy other. And it's older than that, but that's what Isaiah is talking about. He's talking about this place where the people of God decide to create a God that's on their side, and in the name of that God, sacrifice, sing praises, burnt offerings, put some cows on the, you know. Can you help me, baby? My water. <coughs> put some cows out on the thing, some turtle doves, and we've appeased the God who we created. And what do we expect? We expect that God to be on puppet strings that we pull. We think we can manipulate God with our prayers, with our fasts, with our sacrifices. That's what Isaiah is talking about. We forget God is God. We're not God. God is God. And we think we can manage the world and manage our God with our stuff. Are you with me? And what Isaiah is saying in this text, been told by God to lift up his voice like a shofar, like the ram's horn that my Jewish family knows are a call to prayer, a call to action. Lift up your voice, Isaiah, and call the people back to truth. It feels like Isaiah is talking about fasting and Sabbath keeping. And because it feels like he's talking about fasting and Sabbath keeping, we kind of can keep ourselves out of that. He's not talking about me because I don't fast anyway. Or he's not talking about me because I do keep the Sabbath. But in fact, those are just symptoms of the problem, right? And the problem is this kind of religiosity where we think if we say the right prayers and make the right alms and bow at the right time, and say the fancy words, if we think we do all of the right religious-looking things, we don't have to have a transformed heart. And if we don't have a transformed heart, all we're doing is scratching the surface of this 
It's, 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 it's for play. It's for play. And, and the worst thing about it, the worst thing about it is this kind of quid pro quo thing. Like we, yes, that's meant to catch your ears. Like we, we feel like if we just bargain with the holy, then we expect to get what we want. And what too many of us want as we raise our hands and try to touch the holy air and say sort of hallelujah to the orange one who shall not be named at, at evangelical gatherings. Hallelujah, orange powerful one. As we make that one our God. Somebody say amen, it's okay. As we make that one our God, we are out of whack with the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Leah, Rachel, Mary, Moses, King. If you, the text says, feed the hungry, if you clothe the naked, if you take care of your kin, which is all the people, if you love your neighbor as yourself, if you take care of the disenfranchised and center those who are on the margins, if you disrupt the hierarchy and the white supremacy, if you slay the God you've made and get back to me, then I will hear your prayers. Then you will spring up like a watered garden. Then I will not only change your nature, I will change your name. You will be called repairers of the streets to live in. You will be called restorers of the breach. You will be called fixer-uppers. You will be called change agents. Hmm? You will be called healers of the world, tikkun alum. And so what's happened? What's happened is time after time after time after time, God's people, out of fear or insecurity, create a God in their own image. And when the God of whiteness becomes our God, we have a giant theological problem. <laughs> to quote my friend Ruby, even white people don't always believe white people can be redeemed. <laughs> Somebody ain't saying amen to that. So, so what we've got is a projection of a God that is white, which robs white people of power to be different, to be changed, and creates a context in these United States of America where all of us are living in pre-described places of hierarchy and position, and there's no opportunity to escape it because we don't invite each other out of it, and we decide that this is the world that we're going to live in. So it's King Day, and I, I know I'm supposed to quote him a lot, and I'm not going to. I want to say it took more than Dr. King to bend the moral arc of the universe toward justice. I want to say that he was part of a Southern freedom movement that involved mamas and daddies teaching their children to take risks. It involved singing songs of freedom. I love everybody in my heart, in my heart, in my heart. I love everybody in my heart. And I'm not going to let you make me hate you. 
It involved nurses and, and candy stripers and house cleaners deciding not to get on a bus and to walk. It involved young people catching a vision from Dr. King but making their own organization called SNCC. It involved people gathering in churches, not pastors gathering in churches, people gathering in churches to make strategies and tactics to change the world. It involved a young man named Jimmy Jackson who, who was a Vietnam War vet who, protecting his grandfather and mother, was shot in the stomach and beaten still until he died. But his sacrifice bends the arc toward justice because the outrage that God's people felt caused them to mobilize themselves to make the Selma March happen. I'm connecting dots. And the Selma March happens the first time on a Sunday, bloody Sunday, right? All of God's people marching peacefully for freedom. And what happens? Met with violence and state troopers and batons and crashed, crushed bodies. John Lewis, so much so, when did his brain, who knows, right? But again, that picture goes into the world. The picture of innocent people clashing with hatred. And what happens? Dr. King makes a call out to clergy and lay people all over the country. And you end up with James Reeves, a Unitarian Universalist preacher, coming to the march and being a martyr. I don't think we have to die to make a movement, but I think something has to die. I don't think we have to die to make a movement, but we might have to be willing to. To die to the false sense that we can be anything without each other. To, to die to the false sense that we live on an island by ourselves. We have to let die the lie that we can function without company. We are inextricably connected. I am because we are. We might have to live to that and die to isolation, die to individualism. We might have to let die patriarchy. We, we might have to let die our sense of what power is and start thinking about a new way to bind our lives together with love. These are the hot mess times. These are the times when those of us who are progressive and feel like we've done all the right stuff look at the evidence before us on the national scene and see more vile talk and anger, more violence toward people in civic spaces, more disregard for American citizens in Puerto Rico, disregard for children in cages because it's not in the news, disregard for women's bodies and women's lives and their ability to make their own decisions. This time calls for a revolution. A revolution of values, a love revolution. A revolution that remembers that what will change the world we've created is for us to let the God we've created die and get back to the real one.
is a God who created us out of love, in love, for love. There is a God who loves us so up close and personal that she will part the seas for us to go through to liberty. There is a God who gives us each other for sustenance and well-being. A God who's put enough resources on the planet for all of us to have more than enough to survive. There is a God whose name is love, who is power beyond our imagination to heal what is broken, to bind up what is crooked, to lift up what is low, and to equalize the playing field so that all of us can feel like our humanity matters and that our worth matters. Now, if we want that, then it's going to take each of us to be in this movement to bend this arc toward justice. Every day, a little something for each of us to do. To march across the bridge from hatred to love from war to peace, from greed to sharing, to make a well and whole culture in love, out of love, for love. That's how we worship our God. And don't be saying we love God and we hate the people sitting next to us. That's just a teeny tiny bit hypocritical. Like it's a teeny tiny bit hypocritical to quote Dr. King on King Day and deny voting rights. To quote Dr. King on King Day and roll back civil rights legislation. It's a little bit hypocritical. I want to conclude by saying I don't think we need another dead hero the day before Dr. King was killed, people were not feeling him so much. Right, Linda? <laughs> we don't need martyrs. We need movement builders. We don't need though it's important to focus on the dead heroes. We need to focus on our particular call to heal this world, to make it better, to change the story, to write a new story, to make justice such a reality that when Aaron's babies grow up and they look back at this time and they say, really, Dad? They'll laugh at how foolish we were. They'll, be, they'll think it was silly how much we thought about unbelievably ridiculous things. And they'll be watching news stories in their civil rights, you know, canon. And those stories will have you and me in it, working for the planet, working for peace. Let's get in the story. Amen. Amen.
Good morning, Middle Church, or afternoon, Middle Church. After all that, how could you not join this movement? My name is Wesley Rowell, and I am a member, I'm a lay leader, I am a musician, and an occasional preacher here at Middle Church. Martin Luther King Jr.'s spiritual mentor was the great Christian mystic Howard Thurman, and Howard Thurman started the first multiracial, multi-faith church in the United States way back in the 40s. Middle Church, we're here today, I'm here today, because of the great arc of their legacies, working with you to bend the moral arc of the universe towards justice. I came to Middle for the music, and I stay at Middle for the message. There's a very literal on earth as it is in heaven happening here. I mean, literally look around you. It's so beautiful that sometimes I take it for granted until I go to the white church or the black church or the Asian church or the Latino church and I experience what Dr. King called the most segregated hour in America. Still today in 2020. But as Jackie says, we walk past those segregated churches to come here to Middle, because heaven must be like this. Middle Church needs your time, your talent, and yes, your financial support. We have a lot of work to do to create God's reign here on earth, and we all need to fuel the movement. My favorite Howard Thurman quote is, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive, and do that. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. So if you've been dating Middle Church for a while, maybe it's time to update your status from it's complicated to in a relationship. <laughs> so just come talk to someone on staff up front here after service and donate what you can when the bags come around. Or you can join and donate online at middlechurch.org. So let today be the day when you make your relationship with middle official. And to once again paraphrase the great mystic Beyonce, if you like it, then you need to put a ring on it. Amen.
worship right now? Can we just worship right now? we thank you for these gifts that will help us create God's reign here on earth, in our world, in our country, and in our community. May our relationship with you make us into a people who have come alive. In your many names we pray, amen. amen.
not just church, but church up in here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, band. Thank you, John. Thank John went to the room. Thank you, everybody. It's not church if you don't come. <laughs> so we're kind of glad you're here. Um, listen, we have to remember our history so we don't forget, so we can change it. I want us to be history makers, change makers, fixer-uppers, repairers of the breach, restorers of the streets. We are the ones who need to jump on that moral arc and bend it toward justice. I mean, one way to think about it is God is already doing it, but I think she's pretty clear that she likes our help. Yeah? So make a pledge today, this King Day, to do something that you haven't done yet. Register people to vote in your community. Read some King stuff and put those things in your mind. Ask questions about, in your own neighborhood about what you can do together. Get more involved here at Middle Church because we're doing some things. Let's not be bystanders. I have a friend who says we can't be bystanders. So uh, let's get in it to win it. And may God bless you. And I have to say something about the conference. Tomorrow at 9 o'clock in the morning, the Martin Luther King Day Sale for You Middle People for Conference takes your price down from 239 to 119 Don't you like a sale? <laughs> it's not a Groupon thing, but it's a, but it's a sale. And it's tomorrow, King Day, 119 for you, code MC2020. MC2020 is in the bulletin. It's going to end at midnight and there will be no more sales. <laughs> the price shall be 239. So please register. We love you. Bless you.